Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the ne- the, 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 the the week's nerdy news from the Daily Planet to Planet Hulk and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson, and that was my second worst intro of the night. With me, as always, is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Yeah, a lot of Marvel. That's what's up. A lot of Marvel. A little DC. little DC. And no Star Wars. Because this Friday is Star Wars Celebration 2023, a weekend-long festival. Is it a, is it a festival? Convention. Uh, convention, yeah. We'll go convention. Does it qualify as a festival? What, like, what qualifies a festival as a festival and a convention as a convention? I don't know. Are festivals outdoors? There's, maybe festivals are outdoors. Hmm. All right. Maybe. We're already off the but, rails. But like, there's still like a bunch of people getting together to like celebrate something. You don't call it a Renaissance convention. Uh, and you don't call it a... It's not called San Diego Comic Festival. Point. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe they're just those are the words that they are because that's what they are. Hey, you're you're now listening to the existential crises of the multiverse report. <laughs> so anyway, there's no Star Wars news this week, but you can bet that next week Steve and I are going to be here talking tons of Star Wars news. Oh, and um, I wasted my good Star Wars shirt on tonight's recording. Uh, well, you can wear your less great Star Wars shirt. Does that mean I have to week. like I I could just wash it during the week? I guess. You got that super cool Ahsoka mm, true. shirt. Yeah. Or the gonk yeah. droid. Or the gonk. Yeah, you got a gonk shirt, dude. Mm. You're fine. Point. So many cool Star Wars shirts. Oh, anyway. It, so we may not be talking about Star Wars, but if you do want to see or hear or listen to a recap of The Mandalorian and The Bad Batch that happened this week, both of them were bangers, and we just talked for about 25 minutes to a half an hour on them uh, right before right, we did this. But it's yep. somewhere in your podcast feed. And if you don't have a podcast feed, you should. You should subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review and go from there. Um, Or if you're watching this on YouTube, that should be in your feed also. You can just watch it on, um, you know, or our feed on the YouTube page as well. Um, But if you are going back to listen to that episode, pay close attention at the beginning. See if you can spot me screwing up the intro. That's very subtle. (laughs) It's extremely subtle. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, a lot of Marvel news tonight. And uh, starting off with another um, report from uh, our number one journal- movie journalist, Jeff Snyder, um, who apparently said on his podcast this week, I read this, this uh, comic book, comicbookresources.com, cbr.com, was reporting that Jeff Snyder said this on his podcast, so... I'm getting it kind of secondhand from them. Um, But he said that he hears that Marvel is reducing their output for the MCU. And this is like definitely in line with things that we've heard recently. Um, Bob Iger speaking to it. And just the fact that they just can't possibly keep keep up with the pace they've set for themselves um, and keep everything quality. Um, Jeff Snyder's quote was, 
Marvel's target output has been reduced. I don't know if this has been reported or if this was a line in the trades or whatever, but I'm told the target output has been reduced from four shows and four movies a year to two shows and three movies a year. And of course, that's malleable. You could get one on either side of that or whatever. Um, now, it's not too surprising because this year we're only getting three movies. I don't know that we ever had four movies on the schedule for this year. We're getting... Yeah, Ant-Man. Deadpool 3 we was supposed got... to be this year. What's that? Wasn't Deadpool 3 supposed to be this year? Uh, or was that before it was an MCU movie? See, I don't remember because things yeah. get announced and then they get moved and I don't tell. But um, we got Ant-Man, we're getting Guardians 3, and the Marvels we're getting in the fall. So those are the three movies. But um, the comic book resources part of this report Set, claimed that the only show that's currently set to debut this year is Marvel's Secret Invasion. If you want to hear Steve and I talk about the trailer to Secret Invasion that just came out today, you can also find that episode in your podcast feed. We did a special spinoff um, reaction to that trailer. If you like but hearing anyway, Mike and I talk, tonight was the night. Yeah, tonight's your night. Yeah, happy birthday. Merry Christmas to you people that love the sound of our voices. Um. And yeah, originally, I think even last week or one of the last two weeks, we talked about how Secret Invasion and Loki Season 2 were supposed to both come out this yeah. year. According to CBR, they're saying only Secret Invasion is going to come out this year and Loki is getting pushed to 2024. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Not me. Um, but this reduction of output for Marvel... Um, I don't know. I think it's coming at a good time and it seems like it's already kind of happening. Like we're only getting three movies this year. We may only get the one show. If we do get another one, it will we'll only get two. So like they're already there, but that means eventually probably later this year, we're going to get announcements of things being delayed because, you know, we saw they had a ton of stuff um, announced for 2024, 2025, 2026. Mm-hmm. So, those things are definitely getting pushed or canceled or whatever. Um, we shall see. Because if, if they're only doing three movies a year and two shows a year, um, then that's going to stretch all that stuff out. And it's going to be a long time before we get to, you know, Secret Wars or whatever, you know. So it'll be interesting to see if they all stay. Like if, if like... They're all like a lot of them are going to get moved, but it'll be interesting to see if anyone ever anything gets dropped completely um, for the mm. for the sake of getting to the end point uh, quicker. You know? Yeah. No. And I, I, don't know. I don't know. That is going to be a weird one. Like, I'd do almost... we need an arm? How, how essential will Armor Wars, the movie, be to setting up Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars? You know what I mean? Right. Like, or do they just push? Kang and Secret Wars out like they should have from the beginning and like give things a little room to breathe. Well, I mean, I'll take all of them, but I'm just saying it'll be I'll I'll take all of them in whatever timeline. And I've said a thousand times on this show since we started doing it, there's been no time in the history of the Multiverse Report podcast where I wasn't already burnt out on Marvel content. So, right. I am here. I am down for this. Three movies a year still is a little much for me. Like, take that down to two movies a year, and I'm big time back in. Um, but even now, I feel like it's been a while. Well, that's not true because She-Hulk was just last year. But um, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like we've seen a Marvel show in a while because we haven't seen one at all this year yet. Right. 
and we're not getting Secret Invasion until June. And I'm pumped about Secret Invasion because the trailer looks good and I got a while to go and I don't have to like check off the box of, you know, watching three other movies and three other shows before I get there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's less pressure around it. So I'm all I'm all in favor of a reduction in scope. Um, and uh, I got like I'm, I'm going to be interested to see when we get those announcements of inevitable delays, inevitable shifts right. in their schedule, what they're going to be. Yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed what, something's going yeah, to move. For sure. Or like, do they not like some of those movies that they haven't announced yet for phase six? Do they bother announcing them? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's going to be a whole it's going to be a lot going on. I don't know. Interested to see yeah, what happens. One thing that I'm very excited about happening uh, is a return of a character to the MCU, and that is Betty Ross from The Incredible Hulk, as played by Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler is returning to the MCU, reprising her role as ex-girlfriend of Bruce Banner, Betty Ross. Uh, she originally appeared as a character in The Incredible Hulk, starring opposite Ed Norton, who is no longer Bruce Banner in the MCU. She's going to be returning in Captain America New World Order, the Captain America 4 movie starring Anthony Mackie as Captain America. Another thing I'm very excited about. Um, well, it makes sense when because her dad's in what's it. What's that? Yeah, dude. When I, I read this, I was like, Liv Tyler's coming back? Amazing. I was like, it, I for a long time, I felt like, especially after, they, after William Hurt came back mm-hmm. as Thunderbolt Ross in, what was it, like Civil War? Was that the first one he showed up in again? think so Um, something like that yeah and then he was in a couple other ones but when he came back i was like oh now it's only a matter of time before Liv tyler comes back as betty ross like why not right now she's back super excited and then reading this article about her return i had forgotten that tim blake nelson is returning as his character from incredible hulk yep and he's gonna be the leader so he's gonna be like the bad guy he's leader is a classic hulk villain at the end of the Incredible Hulk, they, they they tease his transformation into the leader where he's got some of the radioactive blood or whatever yeah. dripping into like a wound on his brain and his brain is starting to like bulge inside of his head and like the leaders classically. <laughs> it's very strange. It's I can't weird, wait to see this guy. Yeah, I can't. Action. I'm very curious as to how they're going to do that. And... <laughs> how they're going to do that because he's like from his like forehead down, besides being green, he's kind of normal looking, but above like his forehead up is like a giant exposed brain right right <laughs> like way bigger than a normal like poking out of his head and just and just <laughs> very strange i can't wait to see that um and then also um thunderbolt ross is going to be in this movie uh uh her passed away an incredible actor but harrison ford has been recast as thunderbolt ross and he's going to be in this movie too yes also um, an incredible actor plus car Yes, and plus um, Carl Lumbly, I think is his name, is returning as um, Isaiah Bradley. Like, I was like, wow, I am incredibly excited for Captain America New World Order, like more than I uh, remembered being. And I don't know if it's just because I like the Incredible Hulk, too, so I don't know if it's because like these characters are coming back and it's going to be like the payoff of, you know, the tease of Tim Blake Nelson turning into the leader that. I saw in 2008 and I'm finally going to get a payoff of right. it. Um, I, I just think like I, I've tried to, I've tried to like analyze why I part 
all the reasons why I feel a little more detached from the MCU. And I know part of it is they're just throwing so much at me. And maybe part of it is that I feel like they're going with spectacle over character. Um, but tying things back to phase one, when I was like full of excitement and wonder, and I can't believe that they're doing this kind of feels about, uh, the MCU phase one and the beginning of phase two as well. Yeah. Like, um, and they're kind of doing that by bringing in these characters that I haven't seen since phase one. Um, I don't know. I'm getting excited. Uh, I, I that's like triggering the like, oh, yeah, I love this stuff. <laughs> like, I really like this when they're doing it well and doing it right. Um, Steve, how how likely do you think it is that um, we're going to get Bruce Banner in this show or this movie? Yeah, because they're really filling it up with Hulk people. It. I would assume I would assume you've got to like it's yeah. it's there for the taking and it's not like Gruffalo has said he's not going to do it and he showed up in She-Hulk so or do we get She-Hulk do we get both of them mm. do we get Tatiana Maslany coming all back all the Hulks we we know we're going to get Red Hulk I mean we know that I I mean you don't bring Thunderbolt Ross back for not that do you Sure you do. He's a classic. He, uh, I mean, yeah. he was an antagonist to the Hulk for your 60 years or whatever before he was uh, Red Hulk. I'm I'm just thinking the way Marvel Studios thinks. Like you don't yeah. you're not going to dive back into that well unless you go unless you're going big. Like are and are you going to pay Harrison Ford to play that role unless you're making something out of it? Are you paying or are you paying Harrison Ford to show up for a day? as human Harrison Ford. And then mm-hmm. you're just going to do CG character. Um, I guess that all remains to be seen, but it is strange that so many Hulk related characters are showing up in a Captain America movie, but I am also very here for it. Yeah. I'm down. I guess I just like, I like the Hulk and I like Hulk characters and I, you know, uh, what is it? Universal still owns some of the rights to the Hulk. That's why, Marvel can't make a straight up Hulk movie and he has to be a side character. Right. In all these other shows and movies and things, um, which is fine, but like, give me more of his world and stuff. So like, I'm excited to see these characters come back. Well, and they, um, they in, te- like you've got scar now, like, yeah. What, oh, that's right. Yeah. He's, he's got a kid. Like he's got to show up somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he'll probably, he'll be around. So we'll see. Mm hmm. Um, but speaking of, uh, shifts and changes and stuff happening in the MCU, the MCU has hired new writers for both the Fantastic Four and Thunderbolts. So that seems, I mean, yeah, okay, well, I'll, I'll yeah. get through all the details through our speculating. So original Fantastic Four writers, Jeff Kaplan and Ian Springer are being replaced by a guy named Josh Friedman to write a new script. Uh, Friedman has written, um, he wrote. Uh, Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. He co-created uh, Terminator Sarah, Chronic- Sarah Connor Chronicles. And uh, most recently, he was a writer of Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Um, uh, the Hollywood Reporter is uh, assuming that the switch uh, from Kaplan and Springer to Josh Friedman signals that they're kind of going for a different tone where Kaplan and Singer are known for more like... Uh, kind of like comedic, lighthearted fare. And uh, Friedman does a lot more like sci-fi 
drama stuff like Terminator stuff or War of the Worlds Avatar. Um, and maybe they're going more in that direction than more less little le- little less on the lighthearted funny side and a little more of the uh sci-fi adventure yeah. um, stylings um and that's being directed by uh matt shackman who uh, was a uh, creator of wandavision and is still scheduled to be in theaters february of 2025 so this is one that i feel like is a good candidate to get moved based on the fact that it just got a new writer and and we have um, no idea if we have a cast or... And there's been no casting, any, anything like that. Um, because I... Yeah, okay, okay, hold on. Uh, and then also, Lee Sung Jin has signed on to rewrite the Thunderbolt. I think we lost Mike. Um, Lee Sung Jin has signed on to rewrite the Thunderbolt script. Jin was brought on by director Jake Schreier... Uh, Thunderbolts is scheduled for 2024 in July, which I'm thinking, uh, is probably ambitious at best and not going to happen at most likely. Um, seems like a decent movie that I'm interested in seeing what they do with, but it's, it's kind of in weird, in a weird place with, am I uh, back? You are back now. Okay. Uh, I was just discussing how it seems very unlikely that they're actually going to hit uh, the proposed July 24 date with oh, Thunderbolts. For sure. Like I was just about, I was about to say that about Fantastic Four, and then this movie's supposed to come out almost a year <laughs> right. before that, and they're just hiring a new writer. Like, yo, this is both of these are big candidates for being moved. I think we just talked about you know if they're going to slow things down and spray things out. Both of these, I feel like, are going to go. Yeah. And especially in the case of Fantastic Four, you know, th- with Thunderbolts, you're reutilizing a lot of characters that we're familiar with. So in that case, like this guy, uh, Lee Sung Jin, is writing for existing characters. Whereas whoever's writing Fantastic Four, like those characters exist, but if they're not cast yet, like a, a certain, a script, you know, a script changing tone may mean that one of the actors that is really good at lighthearted family comedies is not going to be as good if the script is a tonal shift to like a more of a serious sci-fi drama. Mm -hmm. So, and we haven't heard, it's been a long time since we've heard any rumors about fantastic forecasting. And they even came out and said like, we haven't cast anybody yet. You know, Uh, they've said it a couple times. So, it may be that they don't have a cast for this movie yet. And it makes sense if they don't even have a final a finalized script. And I know we've heard rumors, not even we've heard hard facts about Marvel starting filming before they're done writing scripts and things like that. Right. The fact that they are doing this and hiring new writers before they start production, I think is a good sign because it means that they want to make sure the script is like tight and good before they start shooting. But in the case of Fantastic Four, if the, if no one's been cast yet, they're probably waiting until the script is finalized before they even cast, which I think is also a very good idea. So you're fitting the role, not just fitting the character. Does yeah. that make sense? No, 100%. Um, yeah. So I, if, if that's the case and Fantastic Four hasn't even been cast yet, then I think it's going to get pushed for sure. Yeah, that's, that's it's the that's most likely... It's the most likely way for it to go. 
Indeed, my friend. Indeed. By the way, I had no idea that I dropped out until I heard you say, looks like we lost Mike. And I said, what? You did? <laughs> it was wild. Well, I was like, you did. You lost me. Yeah. Um, last week's show was nothing but um, backstage drama and um, in-studio fighting and, you know, uh, controversy. Mm-hmm. Only a dash of that this week. Uh, too much of it last week. Too much of it last week. This week, perfect amount. One little story. And it's not even like an ongoing thing. It's just over. Marvel or Disney has fired. Um, I don't really. Marvel head of Marvel Entertainment, I guess, was his division, right? Um, sure. Anyway, Dis- Disney has fired him. Ike Perlmutter, who we've mentioned on the show before um, for never, not great reasons. I was going to say never in glowing terms. Never in glowing terms. However, I will say this. Um. He has been with Marvel since 1997 when he merged Marvel with his other company that he co-owned, Toy Biz. He merged Marvel and Toy Biz, and this merger is partly looked at as what helped Marvel escape bankruptcy in the 90s. Marvel almost went bankrupt in the 90s, if you don't know. I think we've mentioned it on the show. Not in a long time, but that's why Marvel's had to start licensing their characters to movie studios. Like that's why they don't own Spider-Man. It's why universal owns part of the Hulk. It's why Fox was making X-Men and uh, fantastic four movies until Disney bought them. You know, um, that's why Disney didn't own, uh, you know, like daredevil for a while, you know, uh, for a while. So, um, that and apparent and you know apparently wrapping Marvel up with Toy Biz and starting to make X Men action figures, which I went crazy for. <laughs> oh yeah, as a kid, um, helped bring Marvel out of bankruptcy. So in that, looking at that, Ike Perlmutter, this guy, he helped save Marvel. It's great, good for him. He's also, from all reports, uh, a total ass. Um, known for being incredibly cheap, a big penny pitcher. I heard someone on a podcast this week say. Um, that there are stories of him. He would go over to like Marvel headquarters and start turning off lights. If he thought there were too many lights on <laughs> like wow. that kind of like level of, uh, saving money. Yeah. You should hang out with my dad. who does that here all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, uh, he's also, uh, more recently known for, um, tying the hands of Kevin Feige when he was trying to build the MCU, telling him, no, he couldn't do certain things. And some of those things that Kevin Feige was told no about was uh, making films like Black Panther, Black Widow, Captain Marvel, because Ike Perlmutter, very famous for uh, believing that women or minority-led films never worked at the box office. Um, So he is to blame for not getting a Black Panther movie until we did and not getting a, you know, when people are like, oh, this Black Widow movie is good, but it should have been in phase one. Yeah, it should have been in phase one. Or phase two, and I think Kevin Feige would have put it in phase one or phase two if this guy hadn't been standing in his way. Um, same with Black Panther. So, uh, mm-hmm. but he got fired. He got fired. I don't think I don't think they even really said why. <laughs> but not that I, I heard. Re- I, I didn't read a blatant reason. I guess they said he they let him go, um, and that they were oh it was like they were merging his department with and, something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they just got rid of him, and I'm sure it was because he's an ass. And that's fine with me. Totally mutual, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Kevin Feige kicked his feet up on his desk and had a nice little drink when he heard that news last week. Um, Two little bits of DC news before we jump into comics. Uh, Blue Beetle. 
they announced a uh, there was a teaser announcement for a trailer debut trailer for Blue Beetle is going to be released tomorrow and it's up in the air it's possible that Steve and I may jump on to do a quick uh, reaction to it tomorrow evening we'll keep you posted if, if that happens or I guess check your feed if it doesn't happen then you know it, we'll just talk about it next week but um, but we'll see anyway this teaser uh, was just kind of like a graphic that said Jaime Reyes is a superhero whether he likes it or not Blue Beetle trailer tomorrow. Um, cool music. Cool, like the art of the scarab and stuff. The style of it, I really like. Um, I'm very excited to see this trailer because I just get vibes of like a different feel and a different style. Mm-hmm. And he's a different character. Um, and it's a character we've never seen on the big screen before. I've never seen him in live action before. He's been in a bunch of cartoons and stuff. But um, And that tagline uh, tells me they kind of understand the character. Jaime Reyes is a superhero whether he likes it or not. Um, his version of Blue Beetle is different from the other incarnations of Blue Beetle where he's got this like magic alien ancient scarab that is has affixed itself to his back. And he, he didn't choose it to be affixed to his back. It's right. just there. And he can't do anything about it. And he has to learn to work with this weird alien technology that talks to him and is in his head and when it wants to covers him in this cool alien looking beetle like suit um so it's like an adjustment and it looks like they're kind of leaning into that uh which i think makes for some good conflict and an interesting um premise for a superhero movie so we'll see um about that trailer tomorrow steve um level uh you know one to five What's your level of excitement for this Blue Beetle movie based on everything that you've seen? Not being very familiar with the character, but we've seen behind the scenes shots of the costume. We've seen like title designs and like the styling that I was talking about. One to five. What's your excitement level? Oh, high threes, low fours, somewhere in there. Oh, okay. Okay. The concept and everything I've heard about the character and everything just seems... It seems intriguing enough that I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever it is in live action. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. You? Um, I'm saying I'm a four, okay. I think. Um, because, uh, because it's DC, because it looks, feels different, and because it's a character that I, that we've never seen in live right. action. All those things pump it up there a little bit for me. Um, uh, you know, I think if we do do a trailer reaction tomorrow, we should make sure that we ask each other that same question and see if it's changed. Right. How it how it went. How it affects. Yeah, exactly. How it's going. How it is. Yeah. How it started. How it's going. Um, there you go. So we uh, way to we'll be hipping with it on that, Mike. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Um, so, yeah, keep your eye open for that trailer tomorrow. Another uh, bit of DC news that I was very happy about. Uh, we reported a week or two ago that uh, one of the animated series that was let go by HBO Max, Batman the Cape Crusader, had found a home at Amazon. Now, the other one that they announced uh, a few years ago, and I was very excited about, My Adventures with Superman, has found a home not at Amazon, but at Adult Swim, which is interesting. Seems weird. It, didn't, it seems weird, and I think it's maybe it's, it's going to be a Superman show that they want. I don't, it's not gonna, I don't think it's going to be like a vulgar adult humor <laughs> kind we're, of we're not show. getting a aqua teen hunger force crosses over with exactly uh, yeah, yeah jimmy yeah. olsen I yeah i don't think it's venture brothers but with superman right um 
but uh, I think they just wanted it because it's probably going to be good. <laughs> they want to, you know, they want, like, who wouldn't want a Superman show on their channel, right? Yeah. So um, it's going to be, but the interesting part is the HBO Max dropped this show uh, because it's going to be on, it's going to be on Adult Swim, which is on Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network is owned by Warner Brothers so that when <laughs> when this series goes to streaming, it'll be on HBO Max, which is weird. Okay, sure. It's just not it's just not going to be an HBO Max original. I guess that's the difference. It's not only going to be an HBO Max, right? That's the difference. That's where they're. Yeah, I don't know. I profit, I guess. We, we've reached the point in streaming where I just don't understand yeah. or care. It's just yeah, like, yeah, okay. Tell me where it is. I'll find it. The show features a slightly younger versions of Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen. Uh, They're kind of like trying to make a name for themselves. The Daily Planet. Also, Clark obviously trying to balance being Superman at the same time. Uh, We don't know any casting except that Jack Quaid is voicing Clark slash Superman, which I think was announced a while ago. Um, But no other casting. Jack Quaid being one of the stars of The Boys. And uh, what else was he in? Scream 5. Those are the two things I know Jack Quaid from. Hmm. Is he does a voice in something else? Doesn't he do a voice in something else? Um, like a kids movie or something that I've seen, maybe. Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, not what I was thinking of, but. And apparently he's in the Hunger Games series. Oh, good for him. Yeah. What a guy. Is he? He's uh, not. He's not one of the Quaids, is he? No, he is. He's he the is. son of Dennis. He's Dennis Quaid's son. Yep. Okay. Nepo baby. Don't don't picture like that's I don't get Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid from that. Hmm. I can see Dennis Quaid in him a little bit. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Randy. Oh yeah. No. Very, very different. Yeah. Don't think of Randy Quaid. Uncle Eddie is not what I'm looking for here. Yeah. I mean you can think of him in that movie, but he's like off the deep end now. I don't know. Oh, is he? No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Think of him like think of him fondly from Christmas Vacation, and then stop thinking about him. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Uh, one little bit of comic uh, book news: uh, Marvel is launching an all new Blade. I almost said all nude. Whoa, that'd be a different very different book. An all new Blade series this summer. Brian Hill and Elena Casagrande will be helming the new title. Uh, where the synopsis is that Blade accidentally releases a dark and ancient power been dormant for hundreds of years and then marvel's entire supernatural underworld will demand that blade either take care of it or pay for his mistakes with a pound of flesh blade number one hits stores this july steve you ever read blade um in and out like not not a you know on it for a full run or anything i've cut i know an issue here or there yeah i don't think i own a full blade comic book i know that i have books that he has shown up in yeah you know it's, it's all it, it was always kind of more like that and you know after the movie i think the movie was the first time i'd even heard of him yeah to be honest with you um what time what, but, uh, yeah what time did the original blade come out was it like 802 p.m or so or <laughs> yep yeah it was 802 on a friday was the first show in mm. blade Perfect. 90 Seven. I was going to say six, so but in that ballpark, like that, yeah, that mid that, to late nineties. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. it was before X Men. Yeah, it was before X Men. So, um, anyway, 
uh, yeah, a new Blade series. Pumped about that. In time for, well, possibly in time to have a series up and running when the whenever that movie comes out. Um, speaking of comics this week in your local comic book store, Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number two, Amazing Spider-Man, number 23, American Dreams. This is a book from uh, Daniel Kaplan, I think is how you say yeah, his last name. I'm not really sure. Uh, we follow each other on Twitter. He's a great comic book creator. This is coming out. It was an independent release that is yeah, now. I have being... it up there. Oh, yeah, I do, too. Oh, hmm. I didn't know you could get that. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, American Dreams. Uh, it is. It was an independent release that is now being put out by uh, Band of Bards, comic book publisher we've mentioned a few times just down the road in Buffalo a little bit. American Dreams, number one, coming out in comic book stores. Awesome. Batman 134. Batman Vengeance of Bane one shot, number one. I don't know what that is, but sounds good. Captain America Sentinel of Liberty, number 11. Cosmic Ghost Rider, number two. Disney Villains Scar, number one. Fables, number 158. Flash, number 796. Final Gamble, number three. This is another one from Band of Bards down the road in Buffalo. Um, Hell to Pay, number four. I Hate This Place, number seven. Icon versus Hardware, number two. Lycan, number one. A third one from our friends Band of Bards publishing down the road in Buffalo. They're uh, really hitting the board this week. They are in Buffalo. They're called Band of Bards, and I know them. There you go. So I'm shouting them out. That's a big deal. Uh, Planet of the Apes, number one for Marvel. Uh, Poison Ivy, number 11. I continue to love Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy is currently one of the most popular books that uh, DC uh, has. That yeah. isn't like a Batman book or Superman book. That's it's wild, but you amazing. Know, speaking of our friends, uh, Jesse down at uh, Funky Town Comics was waxing poetic this week of that is the first book to sell out every week at this point. Yeah. He I said know. everything you can get in, they just move because it's it is that good. Always goes. Saga number sixty-three. Scarlet Witch number four. Scooby Doo, where are you? Number one twenty-one. Skull and Bones number two. Sonic the Hedgehog number one. Brand new number one for Sonic. Star Wars thirty-three. Sweet Candy Vigilante number five. Venom number eighteen. Wolverine thirty-two. Steve, are you picking up any of these books? Uh I don't know. Might might take a try. Well, I don't have to pick up American Dreams because I already own it, so that's an easy one. I also already um, own it. Yep. Mm, I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what jumps at me. Um, always up for a good werewolf tale. So Lycan seems to seems to be in the the wheelhouse. Um, yeah, for sure. I did come this close to just purchasing a fully annotated Sandman one through twenty at Barnes and Noble. Ooh. Uh, I was walking around waiting for something and uh, it was 40% off and I was like, I should buy this. And then my wife was the voice of reason and said, you shouldn't buy this. I was like, yes, <laughs> you're right. I already own this book in various forms. Oh, I do not yeah, need another true. copy of the Sandman, but it was really it's cool true, and it was fully yeah, annotated by really Gaiman cool. and yeah. Yeah. You sent me a picture of it. It did look really cool. Yeah. I was I yeah. was holding holding that, that took every bit of human restraint I had. Mm. Mm. Cool. You, anything um, in, anything in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, I'm definitely getting well. I'm getting the new Batman because on my pull list, this uh, Vengeance of Bane. Oh, yeah. It's a one shot. Like I don't know, I don't know what that is, but like it's a one shot. I'll take it if it's going to be like a full story in one issue. Yeah, why not? Hopefully, yep. it'll be good. Uh, and Flash seven ninety six, I think, is the finale of the uh one minute war so that'll be the end of that nice um 
I think I told you I read the first issue or two of I Hate This Place and I thought it was great. And then I could not find the next issue like anywhere. So I'm definitely looking for a trade on that when it comes out. Poison Ivy, I'll definitely read. Um, Saga, I'll read someday. I'm not all caught up on Saga. So. I've got the first trade sitting over there waiting for me to crack into and I just have never gotten there. I've, I've got the first three like big Oh, like an Omni type. Yeah. Yeah. I just bought all three of them before I'd even read any of them. I had all, I bought all three. I've read the first two. It's great. But then I was trying at first I was like, Ooh, Saga's coming back from hiatus. I got to read all of these. And then I realized like, Oh, well if I have all three of these hardcover volumes, like I kind of want the rest of it to be in those volumes too. So I don't want to go start going week for week. So I, I don't have to rush to read all three before it comes back from hiatus. I can just wait until book four comes out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess I should, I things. should just grab it. Cause it is, I mean, it's Brian K Vaughn. So, you know, it's going to be, decent. Oh yeah, dude, it's great. You, you'll like it. Nice. Yeah. You'll like it. Um, but I knew they did go on hiatus with a huge cliffhanger. So I guess if I had read up to that cliffhanger and then bought the first issue, then I, would have like could have like alleviated that a little bit yeah it could have been right on it but yeah. yeah too late i already didn't do that uh, a couple one shots for you before we say good night uh this is cool steve you've seen the movie scott pilgrim versus the world absolutely featuring yeah, the a- aforementioned mary elizabeth winston correct correct um if you haven't seen that if you're a nerd out there and you haven't seen scott pilgrim versus the world you have to remedy that it's an incredible film uh, by done by Edgar Wright, guy who did Shaun of the Dead and uh, other great Hot Fuzz, well. Hot Fuzz, um, Baby Driver, great director. Um, it's a, a super fun, super hilarious, wild um, movie. And uh, it didn't blow up the box office when it came out, but it's just got a good cult following. And now it's getting a Netflix anime adaptation. Hmm. That was announced this week, and they also announced that the entire original cast of the movie is reprising are reprising their roles in this animated version. So, which when when this came out, this cast wasn't like a holy god cast. Like, how no, did you do this? When when Mike reads these names to you, yeah, the cast, <laughs> yeah, the cast has grown up a little, folks. Yeah, for sure. And so it's like. I feel like it's hard to get an entire cast of anything to reunite yeah. for anything. And this is not just reuniting for like one thing. This is reuniting for an entire series. Right. For full and, voiceover. And even before I read the cast, I'll say like, you might be thinking like, okay, if there's already a movie, why do I need an animated version? Well, cause it's based on a, the Scott Pilgrim is, is a comic. It's an ongoing, um, original comic book. Actually, I don't know if they're still making it, but mm-hmm. might've, yeah, I don't know. It might be over. Um, is a original comic was uh, run by this guy Brian Lee O'Malley, and they adapted parts of or one story arc from that series to Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, I think they hint at other things. So this is this animated show is going to be kind of based on the movie and based on the actual book itself. So it probably won't be the same exact story of the movie, bring, bring in some of those elements, but. And, you know, if there's other seasons or whatever, then, yes, they could go into other stuff from the books and 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 whatnot. So. This is not the entire cast. Um, 
this is just like the the highlights, I guess I should say. Um, no offense to anybody. Um, the net uh, Netflix Scott Pilgrim animated show will feature uh, Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona Flowers, and Kieran Culkin, Aubrey Plaza, Chris Evans, Brie Larson, Anna Kendrick, Brandon Routh, and Jason Schwartzman, and many, many more. Yes, that movie is great. All those people are in it. Yeah. <laughs> in live action, you can see their faces. In much younger Wonderful. forms than they are now. Much younger forms. Like, I forgot that Brie Larson was in that yeah, movie. Yeah, same. At all. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> awesome. Um, makes me want to rewatch the film. So I was literally just thinking that I was like, I wonder where yeah. that is, where that is on streaming. Yeah. I'm going to have to find that out. So that was a long, long time to talk about a one shot, but it was worth it. Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, in that case, we're going to get our Mulder and Scully on for the next one as Ryan Coogler is developing a reboot of the X-Files. Uh, what? yeah. And who knows what that means or whether I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming Mulder and Scully are a little on the aged side at this juncture, so probably recast uh, at some point or reimagined or new, you know, yeah. agents. Um, yeah. The original creator Chris Carter broke the news in an interview this week. Although it's very early in the process, he said Coogler will be "quote unquote" remounting the X Files with a diverse cast. He has his work cut out for him because we covered so much territory. End quote. That's true. I feel like that show was on for like nine seasons, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It definitely just was, kept going. And that was in the days of 22, 24 episodes mm-hmm. per season. So, yeah. Um, I think this is cool. I think the X-Files is a cool property that they've tried to bring back. They did a couple like short reunion seasons, I think, in the last like five years or 10 years or something. Um, but I think it's due for like a reboot because it's a cool property and it's a cool um, premise. Yeah. And there were a lot uh, of people that really loved that show. I, when I was a kid, I loved like, I was in like the first few seasons oh, when yeah. it was on. I remember watching, I was probably too young to be watching some of them because <laughs> some of them were terrifying. Um, uh, but yeah, it was great. I fell off before they got even close to season nine, I think. But like you were saying, it'll be interesting to see, I think if it's a full, if it's like a, a reboot, or if it is like a legend, what do they call them? Like a legendary sequel or something? Yeah, or like a Top legacy. Gun. Legacy. That's the yeah, word Top Gun Maverick legacy. type. Yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, or like Force Awakens, where it's like new characters, but it's also the old characters too. Like it's in the same world as the movies that you remember, like Creed. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, yeah, same universe, new characters, that kind of thing. Like yep. will, uh. David Duchovny appear as like a grizzled, you know, you know, trainer or something or, you know, Dana Scully, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll take either one, I guess. I'll give this a shot. Ryan Cooler's a talented guy. He's a good director, good writer. And uh, I'll be down. I'll be down for this. Absolutely. Uh, last one shot of the week. Uh, Star Trek Starfleet Academy series that was announced as being in development at paramount plus has gotten a series order so this is going to be like a kind of a coming of age story about new recruits at the titular starfleet academy Uh, it's going to be the fifth star trek show to be running on paramount plus after star trek discovery star trek picard star trek lower decks and star trek strange new worlds i've heard all those shows are great i haven't watched a single frame of one of them 
I have re- actually this week I started Strange New Worlds. Oh yeah. How yeah, I heard. I heard. I mean, Discovery. I watched a season and a half of. It was okay. Mm. Uh, yeah. Picard. I heard mixed things about. Lower Decks. I haven't gotten to, but uh, Strange mm. New Worlds has been phenomenal. Actually, uh, I, yeah, I'm like I, four episodes nothing, in, and it's great. I heard nothing but good things about Strange New Worlds. Yeah, but. Anson Mount and crew. Uh, I think what Anson Mount, uh, Rebecca Romaine is number one. Oh yeah. Uh, and there's a whole you know uh, everybody plays a great you know uh legacy character like the guy who's playing spock feels like spock yeah. the guy who's playing oh. or the uh actress who's playing uhura feels like uhura like there's it's it's well done and anson mount is chris pike who was the yes uh, yeah, Captain his mentor yeah so um uh, I probably would try one of these if I had Paramount Plus. That's another reason mm. that I haven't uh, haven't dived in. But um, yeah, like we've said a lot on this podcast, great time to be a Star Trek fan. Great time to be a Trekkie. Oh, yeah. It's all over the place. And um, I think that brings us to the end of our show, I everybody. So. Um, like I said, there's two other shows we recorded tonight that should be in your feed also if they you're... Are. Already Got set up one and... first, so you're like sad that it's over. You want to hear us talk more? We already did it, so you can do that. Plus, we might be back with a Blue Beetle thing tomorrow, so who knows? Right, if 45 minutes of us wasn't enough, then yeah, you can always hang out with us longer anytime you want, anytime you want. But that's all I got, I think, this week, Steve. Uh, same here. I'd say if you need to get a hold of us in the interim, you just can't wait for the next episode. Feel free to reach out, uh, the multiverse port at gmail.com, Mul- the multiverse report on most of the socials, multiverse RPT on Twitter. Uh, feel free to subscribe via Apple Podcasts, like, review, uh, let us know that you want us to continue this. And well, we're going to continue it even if you don't. So, uh, <laughs> here we are. And that's, yeah. uh, that's what I got. If you don't want us to continue it, tell us anyway, and we will continue in defiance of you, mm. your very existence. There you go. We'll take that. Um, and yeah, that's it. So until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.